Good everyone, welcome to another episode of ANZ Salesforce Podcast. Today I have with me a very special guest, Adam Best. He's a senior program architect from Salesforce. Um, so Adam and I will be talking about the DevOps side of things today. Uh, so Adam, thank you very much for coming to my show today. Thanks for inviting me, Victor. Uh, you're most welcome. Um, so what we're going to do today, we'll talk about the DevOps, uh, DevOps in general, uh, importance of it, uh, DevOps uh, from a Salesforce space. Uh, so it, it will be mostly like a casual chat. So, so yeah, so uh, first thing first, right? I mean, the DevOps is a pretty hot topic in today's time, right? Everyone talks about DevOps, uh, not, not really, not only in the Salesforce space, but in general, right? Any other tech stack. So if I have to ask you, in, what is a DevOps, right, it's to our listeners who never worked with DevOps before? Mm. No, that's a good question. Because I think DevOps is, you know, people, process, and technology all working together, okay? It's like the engine. How do we get this, this feature and this capability out to production? You know, and that encompasses a whole range of things across the skills in your team, uh, processes, uh, and also the technology as well. Right. Okay. All right. That's that's pretty cool. Um, now, when you come to the Salesforce space, right? Obviously, uh, Salesforce is pretty amazing technology. You know, everything is cloud. Do Do you think we really need DevOps in Salesforce space? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So you know, we we see lots of uh, transformations, uh, some small, some large. Uh, putting business features out to production and we've got to, we've got to, we've got to drive, we've got to drive that. We've got to get efficiencies. So when you've got more than say one or two people in a team, uh, then those people need to collaborate. Uh, they often need to collaborate on change going out together, or they might need to build uh, change, uh, which is going out separately. Um, but either way, we've got to get that change out. And application lifecycle management, which is which DevOps is a part of, yep. um, you know, is starts when you're looking at designing capability, but it doesn't finish until you get out to production and you're supporting the production users. Um, so yeah, to get to get efficiencies, to get developer efficiency, to get speed, to get agility, um, yeah, that's all benefit. That's all business benefit. Um, right. And especially return on investment as well. So, yeah, to, oh, okay. to keep your costs low, uh, to get efficiencies, DevOps is really important for any, any size um, project, program, or, or digital transformation. Right. Okay. So in that case, uh, uh, do you think it's safer to say that uh, the core benefit of using DevOps is efficiency, uh, mm -hmm. better return of investment? So. Yeah. Um, so if, say for instance, right, I'm a company, I'm the only developer, uh, you know, say small shop. So do you still think that DevOps still plays an important role or, you know, <laughs> I, I do understand, right, if there are more than two, three developers, right, it's, it's fantastic, you know, to have DevOps in place. But if, if you're talking about just one developer, is that? Well, <clears throat> think about it like this. If you're going to do something twice, Right, or three times or four times. If you can automate that, then you're going to get efficiencies on your own time by automating that. So just look at that return on investment. If you think, you know what, I'm going to do this once, then it gets out to production. I'll never have to do it again. 
then there's no point in automation. There's no return on investment. There's no business value. But if you're, if you're doing something that, you know, you say you're going to benefit from uh, automating because you're going to do it again and again, maybe it's loading test personas into sandbox. Each right. time you create a sandbox, um, you want to, you know, you want a bunch of test personas in there so that you can test features as maybe a support agent or, or, or a sales or a sales rep. Then, um, then each time you create a sandbox and you load those in, that's something manual that you're doing. I think there's return on investment by automating that. Right, Absolutely. right, right. Makes sense. So now coming to the Salesforce space, right? I mean, as you said, uh, DevOps is really very important. And obviously, you know, we can see value in having a DevOps. So uh, that's, we, we talked about the benefits, right? And what about the challenges, right? Do mm. you see any potential challenges with the DevOps? Uh, if, you know, for instance, if uh, in terms of adoption rate or say, for instance, right, if I may, if I run a small, say, Salesforce house, in-house, right? And I have to say to the, my business uh, owner, right, I'm going to propose a DevOps model. Um, so the first question he, go, he or she going to ask, right, how can you highlight the challenges with DevOps? Mm. So, so, Look, I think, um, I think as an ecosystem, we've done really well over the last yeah. few years. And I, I think, um, you know, if you're looking back to maybe 217, 218 with the introduction of Salesforce DX, the developer yeah. experience, okay? Yeah. Um, Salesforce saw a need to, to have more features available via the API for deployment. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's great. Uh, and we're in a really good position today. So, you know, with, the, with, with features available via the metadata API, that allows us to then use that technology for, for automation. Right. Um, you know, even things like command line interface, you know, maybe many of your listeners won't know that you can load data <laughs> via the command line interface um, as well as deploy metadata. Yep. Um, there's many APIs Salesforce has, tooling API, command line interface, uh, which is the, the main one today. Um, so yeah, using those technologies, I think, uh, might be the challenge. So, um, you know, everyone can deploy, but how are we going to deploy? Are we going to deploy a full package? Are we going to deploy deltas? Um, and quite often we can deploy, we can deploy, but then we have to move data as well. So I think the challenge is about getting those APIs and really using them to, to get that Nirvana deployment, right. repeatable uh, deployment, so that you can deploy that on the path of production. So I think it just, just, just experience, I think. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. I'm a, I'm a big fan of the you know, DX, so I use it all the time. It just makes the life so easy. So, mm. <laughs> yeah, so it's a fantastic uh, tool. Um, now, uh, like every other tech stack, right? There, are, there are anti-patterns, right? Which is mm. usually will say, "Hey, this you shouldn't be doing this way." You know, this will cause a lot of issues in the future. Uh, so, have you noticed any anti-patterns uh, in DevOps space, especially uh, when we're talking from a Salesforce perspective? Yeah, that's a great question. But let me reverse that question. Let's say, "Hey, what's going to make us successful?" Right? right. Okay. So, so manual steps, I think, is 
um, is really important to make sure that we minimize manual steps. We've got, we've got some APIs. We've got the metadata API. We've got the tooling API. We've got the CLI, the SFDX CLI. We've got to use those. So if you're doing a manual step and you're not using an API to do it, well, well that's obviously causing inefficiencies in your pipeline and, and your deployment process. But you might also get things like environment misalignment and also, you're going to reduce your developer efficiency and your efficiency deploying. So if you think about it, you've got uh, in a larger team and a larger program, you might have five or six sandboxes before you get to production. Yeah. So every time you deploy to a new sandbox uh, and obviously production itself, um, you've got to do this manual step. So I think the first key is reduce your manual steps, make use of the APIs, Commit your code. If you've got reference data, such as custom settings, or maybe you've got a house account or contact that you need for your features to work, make commit that code to your source control and make sure that you have that delivered via a CRCD pipeline. Okay? Right. <clears throat> um, so manual step, a good developer guide, making sure that everyone in your team knows how you do things as a team. Uh, how do I commit my code? How do I uh, get my code out the gate? Maybe we might have a pull request process, you know, having a DevSecOps strategy so that everyone knows, you know, their responsibility and, and what they should do as a developer. But also, what about those roles and responsibilities on the path to production as well? Who's the deployment lead? Do we have everyone having admin access to, to a, sit, a system integration testing environment or, or a UAT environment, right? And if you don't have ad, admin access, as a developer or tester, what access do I have so that I can do my job? So I think, look, roles and responsibilities, um, a good operating model, making sure you support the developers with the, with the tools and the processes to okay. suit them, okay? So, uh, you know, if you're a... If you're a, a Salesforce consultant, um, you've still got to know how to use Visual Studio Code if you're in a larger team and source control, but you're not necessarily in a developer space. So you're not yep. developing LWCs or Apex classes, but you you still got to use your apl application lifecycle management tools to collaborate, okay? Yep, that's right. <clears throat> I agree with that. I mean, uh, based on my experience, right, I mean, especially around the DevOps space, right, and using DX. Uh, what I've seen, right, especially since you mentioned uh, Salesforce consultant uh, who's not going to do the development. So I have noticed, right, people are not who are new to DevOps. There is a kind of uh, hesitancy, right? They're like, hmm, it's a little bit tricky why, why we have to use the DevOps model. So to get that, you know, understanding going, right, so... You, yes, you're right. I mean, it's very important to have the process and the roles and responsibilities in place, which actually will outline who will do, right? Over the, mm. So um, that's that's really a very valid point uh, you mentioned because, you know, the, the couple of places I worked, we used to have a process framework where, you know, a developer has certain responsibility. Then we have a pull request. A dev lead has to approve it or an architect has to prove it, then as a person who will be deploying will be, you know, to production will be someone else, maybe a release lead or, you know, deployment lead. So, yeah, 
that's that makes sense. Now, uh, coming to, I wanted to drill a little bit more on DevOps. So there are KPIs, right, uh, around mm-hmm. DevOps. So you know, for instance, uh, you know, change failure rates, uh, availability. So do you think uh, these uh, KPIs, uh, you know, provides um, a, a measure to indicate that whether the DevOps has been successful mm-hmm. uh, with the team or or you know, do you, do you think uh, these KPIs are important according to you? Mm. I, I think I think the KPIs really are there for looking at not only how successful you are uh, with, with DevOps, but 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 what's the reason for DevOps, and that's yeah. business value. So let's you know, as I said earlier, you've got return on investment, you've got speed, you've got agility. You've got yep. business continuity. You've got these business benefits that will and and business value uh, that will save time and money, and that's why we have that's why we look at DevOps. We're looking at DevOps to 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 look at efficiencies uh, so that we can spend more money on the on building the features and configuring the platform than deploying the features. Yep. Um, and so they're really important. Um, change, as you mentioned, change failure rate. Uh, you know, when I when I deploy, <clears throat> how often do I have a failure? Okay. Um, and so once you fine tune and, and and fix those failures, which cost time and money, yep. then the next time you won't get that challenge, uh, that that failure. Yep. Um, uh, lead time for change, I think, is an important one. How fast can we, from from conception, business saying, I need this feature, how fast can we get that out to production, okay? So you might have, in your organization, you, uh, larger enterprise organization, you might have quarterly releases. Uh, some, some organizations have monthly releases. Uh, in Australia, I've seen organizations have weekly releases. Uh, these are major releases, so you yep. put any change out because of the uh, maturity of their DevOps. And so what does it take to have that maturity? Well, when you're putting change out, you have to test. If you put a trigger out, that is considered a common component. So you might have to regression test you know, a whole bunch of other uh, you know, use cases that are in production to make sure you haven't broken them. So the faster you go, uh, the 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 higher the maturity need in DevOps, such as automated testing um, and CI/CD, and so on and so forth. Um, you mean time to restore, mean time to resolve. I think is an important one. So if you do put a change out to production, uh, and there is a production incident, then how fast can you restore that? Okay, so have you yeah. got a process in place? Have you got a hotfix process in place? That goes to branching strategy. Have you got a hotfix process in place um, and a, a major incident management process in place to get that production incident fixed uh, and quickly? Yeah, yeah, that's right. That makes sense. The one of the, another thing I've noticed, right, uh, advantage of using DevOps, you can integrate with static code analysis tool. Uh, where you can actually measure your code, uh, you know, the way the code's supposed to write, the coding standards, and you know, 
there are a lot of tools out there. I mean, uh, but just just an example, right? You can integrate, uh, you know, your DevOps process with PMD. That's one mm-hmm. thing, uh, which is, I I personally believe that, you know, it's it helps developer, you know, to improve their code quality, mm-hmm. along with uh, to bring the efficiency. So that comes to my another question. It's just very silly question. I mean, people often ask me this, <laughs> and they it's around the version control, right? <laughs> Obviously. Uh, you know, you can choose any version control for DevOps, right? I mean, it's so you can use pretty much any tool. So, um, so I've been asked many times, right? Do you have to be uh, expert in version control to use the DevOps, or, mm. or you know, or you can just have a basic understanding of what version control is and then can still good to go with DevOps? Yeah. You know, because that's, you know, nice question is a silly question. Um, and so, you know, there's lots of tools uh, that, uh, that you might use with DevOps. But let me get to your first question, uh, your second part of the question on version control. So version control, I think, is important. Well, let, let's think what version control is. Version control is collaboration on code. Okay, and so that, that's two more people uh maybe creating fields or layouts or even Apex classes, uh, then then pulling that down to version control and then having that deployed on the path to production. Um, but don't don't forget about don't forget about change sets. So if you, you know if you're just one developer or, or one admin and you're developing something in a dev sandbox, a developer sandbox, and then you want to get that out to pr- production, uh, we've got a fabulous thing called change sets that that have that's been used by many of our lots you know many of our community uh, for many many years. But with change change sets doesn't uh, you know doesn't uh, support version control. And so when we need to collaborate two or more, I think then version control is important so that you can have you merge your changes. One person can extend the other person's changes and, and also have that deployed onto multiple sandboxes on the path to production. Okay. So I think everyone should, um, you know, have a base capability of using something like visual studio code and getting back to tools, visual studio code, verse controls built in there. So something like, GitHub or GitLab or Bitbucket, which are version control systems, yep. will be used in conjunction with your Visual Studio Code uh, to uh, to pull pull your changes down from your sandbox down to your computer and then check that into your uh, to your version control repository. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And then Makes using sense. something like CI/CD to then deploy that on the path to production multiple times. So you might have an ST, a SIT sandbox, a UAT, and, of course, something like production um, right. as well. So, But Vickers, other tools, um, uh, you know, as correctly as you said, we've got something called static code analysis. Yep. So static code analysis is testing, um, uh, you know, using something like PMD. Um, and did you know the SFDX CLI has a, a plugin called Code Scanner, yeah. uh, which uses PMDs and engines? So that's a that's a really cool um, bootstrap install using the CLI to 
uh, install that plugin and, and use that uh, in your pipeline. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so static code analysis is uh, looking at your code when it's on a server. So whether that be your computer or whether that be a CI CD tool uh, to, to get low hanging fruit. Okay. So getting yeah. things like uh, DMLs inside for loops, um, in the category of uh, uh, performance, uh, making sure that your developers will, will bulkify uh, yep. their code, uh, and, and many other things, vulnerabilities, maybe escaping public variables and so on and so forth. Jeez, um, Vickers, tools. Um, Sandbox is a tool. It's a great tool. Yes, yep. it's a tool. We use it. Uh, some, so, some of our... Uh, some of our community also uses uh, Scratch Orgs. I'm not going to go into that too much today, but that's for package development model. Yep. Um, most of our community are, are very successful with the org development model. Yep. Um, other tools you might use API simulation tool to uh, to if you if you have lots of platforms integrated to Salesforce, maybe you have an ASB. Uh, maybe you have a few point to points. You're not going to have finite platforms down the other end for every developer uh, or every sandbox or environment that you might have for Salesforce. So you might simulate that with an API simulation tool. Yeah. Some people call it mocking or stubs. Um, you might have automated testing tools. So that's regression, to lots of return on investment, regression testing uh, automating your regression testing. So nice. um, so some great tools. Our beloved ISVs in the market have some awesome tools, um, to name a few. Provar, Trisense, Toshka, Capado has a, uh, a automated or robotic testing or automated testing uh, yep. part of their suite as well. Uh, think about DevOps is application lifecycle management. Uh, is about business continuity as well. So think about backup and restore. Uh, and, and so uh, Salesforce has has a BNR. Our, our ISVs also have BNR. So yep. uh, some leaders in the market, uh, some common names you'll hear are own backup and an Odeceiver as well. Um, yep. uh, uh, many tools across application lifecycle management supporting developers but they also might be supporting other activities as well, like your testing or like your operate, your business continuity. Right, right. Makes sense. That's cool. That's a very good explanation. Thank you very much for that. Um, now, um, so do you have any favorite uh, DevOps tool, right? I mean, there are many out there in the market. So, you know, you might have used mm. you know, a few and you might have said, oh, this is my favorite tool for, for whatever reason. Uh <clears throat> I, I think, look, um, tools really support people and process. Yeah. Okay. And so my favorite DevOps tool might not really be make another, make another person successful or another organization yeah. successful. Yeah. Fair enough. So let's, so let's think about that. Well, let's think about, you know, how, how can you be successful? If you're, if you're one admin, <clears throat> excuse me, if you're one admin and you've got just, you know, one sandbox in your, developing in that sandbox and you might put that change out maybe to a test sandbox just to test your deployment and then you go out to production uh you know change sets is great i'd use change sets 
Um, it's an awesome feature of Salesforce. Um, if you're in a larger team, um, or, or smaller team and larger team, so maybe you've got two developers, two admins, um, maybe you've got maybe you've got twenty build teams, uh, scrum teams. I've been right. in organisations where they have, you know, quite a healthy uh, build landscape. Uh, with 20 build teams, then you might need to look at things like verse control for that collaboration on code. Um, so verse control, there's GitHub, there is GitLab, uh, Bitbucket, Elastin's Bitbucket's very, very popular as well. Azure DevOps has its own repos, okay, yep. for verse control. Uh, so they're the, you know, they're the common ones I see in the market today. Uh, for CICD, Again, there's a build versus buy. Do you have the skills in your team uh, to build your own pipeline uh, where you'd be using a CI CD tool like uh, Azure DevOps or, um, or um, uh, a Bitbucket Pipeline? I'm just trying to think. Blank. Uh, I need another coffee. Um, Bitbucket Pipeline. I think GitLab is also a CI CD. Um, you've got, uh, uh, GitHub, it, it, GitHub has something called GitHub actions. Yeah. Uh, so that can be used as CICD. If you don't have the skills in your team for that pipeline scripting, then you can go to our app exchange and, and get something off the shelf. Uh, yep. and you know, common ISVs I see in the market making our customers successful today. Uh, you've got. Capado, you've got Auto Rabbit, and you've got Gearset, and there are a number of other um, ISVs with deployment or application lifecycle management uh, apps. So head over to the App Exchange yeah. uh, and search for the word deployment, uh, and you'll find uh, you know all those tools there. and And I always say just evaluate those tools. Okay, so yeah. um, have a look at the tool. Have a look at the needs of your team, uh, and 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 make a decision, uh, you know, that's going to be right for your team and your organisation. So there's no one right decision. You know, right. someone says, "All right, Adam, should I use something off the shelf from App Exchange, or should we have you, you know, build our own pipeline?" Well, you've got to go back to that people, process, te technology. What are the considerations? Considerations of people in team. Do we have the people to script up a pipeline? Um, or are we just a, you know, a couple of admins or a couple of consultants in our team uh, where we're more likely going to use something like chain sets and or, uh, you know, your Kapata, your auto rabbit, your gear set, okay, something off the shelf, ready to yeah. go. Yeah. And though, those particular tools uh, from the App Exchange do bake in those other parts of quality checks we talked about earlier, which is your static code analysis and automated testing, invoking automated testing, you know, and, and automations like that. Um, um, yeah. So. Yeah. Makes sense. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've used, uh, you know, initially when I started right uh, and sales for space, I used to use Gearset. Mm. And I, I really liked it. And then I actually, you know, because I've used uh, the CI CD on Azure before, uh, mm -hmm. not on the not on the Salesforce space, but mostly on the .NET side of things. So, so transition was pretty easier because, you know, it's the same scripting, you know. Uh, so 
it doesn't make uh, you know much difference when it comes to Salesforce space when you when you're talking about the scripting side of things. But yeah, I do agree, right? People who are starting out for the first time, right? They have this kind of, oh, I don't understand the scripting. So the tools like Capato, Gayset, really, you know, fill that gap. And yet they can get that developer experience. So that's just from my personal experience. That's that's fantastic. Now, um, obviously, you know, if someone wants to start out, you know, first in DevOps space might have a lot of questions around the resources they can go to learn, especially in the Salesforce space. So do you think, uh, you know, Trailhead is a better place to get started? I mean, mm. from a generic perspective? Yeah, look, Trailhead is, Trailhead is the first place to go, I think, for anything Salesforce. Yeah. Um, so if you head over Trailhead, um, you can have a look at, you can search, you know, SFDX um, or, or DevOps. Uh, there is the, you know, so the certification, if you look at the, the prerequisite trail mix, Yep. For the uh, deployment designer, uh, my apologies, deployment lifecycle architect yep. certification. Uh, they just rebranded the, the the certs to architect. Yeah. Then, uh, then there's a great trail mix which will take you through, uh, you, you know, DevOps themed uh, modules. You might learn about Agile. You'll learn about Visual Studio Code and the command line. Uh, and you don't have to be a developer to learn about these things. Yeah. You don't need you don't need to, you know, type in command lines to use Visual Studio Code. You can use it with your mouse. Yeah. Um, you can retrieve things with your mouse. I'm a point to click. Uh, I I was a developer. Uh, I'll say I'm an older developer, but I still like to use my mouse. Um, and Visual Studio Code is great. Um, and it'll also teach you about uh, testing and a range of other things and source control. So yeah, head over to Trailhead, um, have a look uh, at certifications and the prerequisite trail mix uh, for the deployment um, uh, arch architect cert uh, yeah. is a, is a great place to start. You can also have a look at my LinkedIn profile. I have uh, a lot of great featured videos on there so if you go into linkedin and you search for adam best i'm sure there's only one of me in the mar in the salesforce space have a look to the featured videos lots of featured videos on there um uh around things and topics that we've talked about today yeah um for you know for for some more videos you can also uh head across to the uh salesforce plus uh, and you'll be able to find some uh, some videos there as well. Yeah, I'll put your uh, the LinkedIn link in in uh, in the description uh, when I post the link later in the future. Yeah. Uh, that's cool. Thank you very much for that. Appreciate it. Yeah, I mean, I do agree with that certification. That's a very beautiful certification. You know, I I think that certification teaches a lot about even the branching strategy as well, and mm -hmm. you know, it touches a bit on Git uh, GitHub. Uh, and application lifecycle management. So uh, it, it's it's a beautiful certification. So yeah, and just and think about and just think about DevOps as just another part of Salesforce. That if you learn this area um, and you skill up on 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 things like Agile and branching strategies and so on and so forth, not just developers but admins and consultants as well, um, then it's going to make you you know more successful. So just yeah. like you're learning flows or or, um, or or other automation technologies, maybe creating fields, objects, 
um, learning about DevOps and learning about deployments will make you more successful. Yeah, that's right. That makes total sense. And and at the same time, right? I mean, Salesforce is you know, it's just one of the amazing technologies out there. And DevOps will, you know, add that functionality to, to your skill set, you know, like you said, to make mm. you more successful. So, yeah, that's right. So, yeah, I'm, I'm done with my questions today. So thank you very much for your time. It's, it's really been uh, amazing uh, chatting to you today. Thank, thank you, you for inviting me. A pleasure. Thank you. Thank you.